on this episode, we do it live, kinda, from Wine Library. This is Gary Vay, Nerd Chuck, and this is episode 177 of the Ask Gary V Show. We are at Wine Library, which is a lot of fun. You'll be catching some of that on Daily V, I assume, D-Rock. Uh, in the dirty jurors in Springfield, New Jersey. It's awesome to be here. Britt, good to see you. India, India's still snowed in, or? She's sick and snowed in, probably. Sick and snowed in. Double S's for India for 177, so cool. Really excited, sorry I've been uh, traveling a bunch. I know uh, I, for everybody that's worried or scared, Daily V is not a replacement for the Ask Gary V show. Um, and uh, so I just want to settle all those uh, debates. And uh, I guess we should get into it. Cool. First question is from Shy. Shy. Hey Gary, uh, it's midnight here in Israel, so I figured I used this filter. My question is, how do you grow an audience on Snapchat? Do you have to go to Facebook and Twitter to tell followers there? That was basically the question. Yeah. How do you grow audience? Correct. On Snapchat. Yes. So Snapchat has no natural in Snapchat app discovery, which is with a lot of people's heads because they're like, what the hell? Like, where's the suggested user list? Where can I search? How do I run ads? Like, I can't grow. Of course you can. You grow the old way, pre-internet apps infrastructure. You use other things to grow your business. I built this business using a newspaper and a radio and other things of that nature. So the answer is absolutely. I think he was going there. I mean, watch my behavior. It's not super complicated. I'm using my Twitter, my email my Facebook, my Instagram, to drive awareness towards my channel. I'm hitting up, I mean, I don't think I remember throwing this many right hooks outside of a book ask, which is weird because I'm doing that right now as well. Dropping March 8th, go get it. Um, I've asked plenty of people when they've sent me emails like, oh, you've really helped my Snapchat. These are historically emails that I would reply to and say thanks, have a great day. Now I'm saying, hey, in your next story, shout out my at Gary V handle. I'm going in for the ask. How about the bottom of your email signature? How about your username on Instagram? Go look at mine. You hack to build awareness for it. You think about billboards in print where there's no click or permalinks or anything of that nature. No, it's just awareness drives you didn't have to move, huh? It's got no. a wide angle. Damn it! I was trying to make you move. I know. Where it dri- I was very impressed with you there, D-Rock. Where it dr- kind of—that was a standoff that you won, which pisses me off. Where you drive awareness to your handle. So yes, any means of awareness. I mean, soon I'm going to put a sign in here that says "Follow Gary on uh, Snapchat." So yes, that's the answer. Using other platforms to drive awareness to get followers from that platform, but scalable ones: email signatures, your LinkedIn account, look at my Instagram profile, things like that. Kyle asks. When you are hustling, how do you spot the difference between busy work and valuable work? You know, Kyle, that's a great question, and honestly, that's a work in progress always. Uh, To me, uh, Sam, real quick. This is gonna be a real live lesson in retail. Um, Please always make sure you ask the customer if they need any help. Oh, I got you. Yeah, Yeah. Okay, cool. Good, Good. awesome. Thank you, get out of here. Get his handle. so, so I think the, <laughs> gotta shift the brain from retail. Busy, this is something I've dealt with my whole life. Like, you know, I've, 
I don't think I've mastered it. I don't think that I, I mean, I'm doing busy work even now at the level that I'm at. I'm still doing busy work that I think is, uh, in hindsight, uh, not as good. I think experience helps you. I think over time, I've learned through, oh crap, I remember when I did that back in the day, don't do that again. You start understanding. But I think one of the biggest mistakes that entrepreneurs make, especially as they grow their business, uh, or in the beginning when they're crippled by this thought of quality work versus just doing it, you know, like smart work versus just work, is, when you start judging it too much, you start leaving yourself out of opportunity for serendipity and upside that you can't see. There's been a lot of things that on paper may look like busy work, going to, get, you know, just kissing babies and shaking hands or just replying to everybody on Twitter. Things that not everybody thinks is the best scalable use of my time that has led to enormous upside because it wasn't obvious when you first did it. Uh, including a video show, including 10 years ago in a month, sitting upstairs doing a video show where everybody's like, we needed you that hour to sell wine or to reorganize our operations. Why are you putting a video on YouTube? What is YouTube? Like, got it? It ended up being the biggest, single biggest decision of my career up to this point, transitioning myself into a media property and a brand from just being an operator on this floor. Wasn't obvious, felt like it could have been busy work. And there's been other things that I've done like that that have been busy work. You know, I'm trying to think of a good example, but like a million things that we've stopped and started that didn't become real. It happens with us every day in our team. So, so I think that, um, I think you don't always know. I think you find out after the fact. And I think to have a long 40 to 60 year old professional career that's successful, as long as you're learning in year one, three, seven, nine, twelve patterns, start becoming more self-aware about yourself, understanding your strengths and weaknesses. You start having less just busy work and more high impact work and that's what's happened in my career. Next question yes. is a Snapchat video. Yes. Gary Vee, my question is, if we wanted to start a subscription box service, should we um, buy an email list? Thanks Gary Vee. It's a great question. I mean, look, anytime you start any business, an email list, uh, email is one of the great ways to convert. The, the, the answer is yes and no. Yes, if it's a quality list that has open rates and click-throughs and people that are interested in your cookies of the month club because it was an email from cookie lovers. But if you buy a list that has a million people on it and it was part of a photography uh, list somewhat uh, or just random f-ing emails that they found around the internet and nobody opens it and they are into photography and you're trying to sell them a cookie subscription thing, the answer is no. That's a very easy play. If you want to buy a list from somebody, force them to do a test for interest around what you do. Force them. I will not buy your list unless you do this and it's a pre-sell to be on the invite list for your up and coming business and if you see a bunch of people sign up for it, well now you buy. Now they may say, well that's like selling the milk without the cow, that whole thing, you know, girl, you know, like I get that but just say no, there's a million lists out there. You've got the leverage. They want your money. Don't forget that. Good answer. That was good, right? It was good. There's some quality content here, Britt. There is. You mean like you were impressed that that answer produced that kind of quality, that question produced the quality answer that was all encompassing for business. Yeah, and I felt like I learned something. That's why this show exists. That's why I work for you. Thank you. Go ahead. (laughs) Next. By the way, love the Snapchat. Emojis and URLs. And if you could have emoji, what would it be? One more time, because I was talking about how much, thank you for everybody sending Snapchat videos, keep them coming. And use Twitter to hit up India, that was smart. Hi Gary, I want to know your opinion on the new domain extensions, emojis and URLs. And if you could have an emoji, what would it be? New so, domain extensions, how, what do you think? And emojis in URLs? Are, is that possible? Be? Can you put emojis in URLs? We were Googling it right before. Yeah. No, not yet, right? 
I think it's brilliant. I'd be so into it. So into it. My emoji would be the cash with, with wings. Because, you know, I'm always growing money. How to get your emoji How to get, real. Is that real? Coca-Cola is recently for marketing. So one, this is always fun for me when I don't fully know. Is it available? Like, put that in. Panic registered the first corporate emoji domain back in 2011 when it bought... Poop.la, yeah. right? Panic didn't do anything with it. Simple, they can't. All the big top domains only allow Latin characters in the domain. Got it. So look, let's just assume that it's allowed slash it's going to be allowed. I think it's going to be huge. Emoji is a language now, period, end of story. If you don't understand that, you don't understand the world. Like we used to draw, just because letters were introduced doesn't mean we can't use things now. It's just communication. Don't get romantic about how you communicate. Worry about actually communicating in the year that you live in. Uh, there's not a single 50-year-old in America now that hasn't sent an emoji. Uh, there's 62-year-old dudes that are bald as shit and don't know anything about technology and can't even like open an attachment that have sent a poop emoji to their grandchild. Right. Like, let's talk about your dad for a minute. Not okay. Unbelievable yeah. has sent emojis. Yes, correct. Because that's what's happening. It's crossed over. It's mainstream. It's accepted. It's understood. It's pictures. It's basic, baby. And so I think it's huge. Mine would be the the dollars with wings. Um, I'm not very hot on like domain names. I think domain names are what you make them. I have friends that are obsessed with names. I've talked about this. Like, what does Google or Facebook or Snapchat mean? It means what you made it. Like Vaynerchuk. Like you know, like people, you're so lucky. I'm like. Let's relax. Like, I made that name mean something. Uh, they, nurture, like, like, it's about what you do with it. And so I haven't really paid a lot of attention to what's going on in that world, which is why I didn't even know if you could own emoji.com or what have you. It doesn't look like .com's work yet. Um, but I'm super into it. I'm all about emojis. Uh, I even dropped the E there to like, you know, like me and emoji. Rochelle asks, what are your thoughts on today's Twitter executive exodus news? Rochelle, I think there's a, I think that, I think I, so I asked for this question to be on the show because I want to teach everything about optics. Meaning, when a new CEO comes in and then there's this huge exodus, a lot of times it means the new CEO has brought in the people that they want. And they're respecting people and letting them leave on their terms. Um, I don't see, or these people actually don't believe in Jack's vision. My intuition is, based on Twitter's track record over the last three to four years, and I love Dick Kessler, one of my best buds in business and I saw him recently, but results are results, meaning it didn't go good enough for you not to be excited about the guy who invented it to be back in place, though you might not like his personality, things of that nature, but I hate when the media is like, like everything's so negative. Like the next company, when I buy a company and become a CEO of it, because that will happen in my career, and there's a exodus, because Big Shot Gary is coming, let me promise you, Anybody that I wanted to keep would have stayed because I would convince them that I'm coming to do nothing but good. And maybe three or four just wouldn't see it or they were best buds with the former CEO or they're just tired. But please don't get caught up in the hyperbole of like, there's, some, there's a new CEO. We're still within the year of that new CEO. This is a common business stuff, period. Like, like, this is what always happens. So you don't know if they were forced out or they left on their own. I don't know, even though I'm close to a lot of the people involved. Um, because when I read those headlines, I poo-poo them because I'm an actual operator. I'm not confused by them. I know what real business is. Jack's come in, he's got a different plan, some pieces fit for that, some don't, some people he might have wanted to fit for that, decided they don't fit for that. It's just real life. It's not some huge conspiracy. I think, you know, I think that's what I think. (laughs) 
Like that's, that's what it is. I just, I wanted to answer this question because I'm stunned by how many people just accept very basic narratives when if you live it, you know the real details underneath. Just like you know anything that's in your world. My world is business. You know the real, I read headlines, I'm like, oh, you're like, no, that's what really happened. Just like we've gotten cynical to leave of absence. Did you see, uh, did you see Spotlight? No. Okay, it was about the uh, like priests that like did sexual harassment. And oh all that yeah. Yet. Like I know about it. their official like when they were doing bad things was they got relocated on assignment for like or sick leave, sick leave. So this exodus may be on strategy. Get it? Question of the day. Actually, educate me. Tell me something that happens in your world and how it's explained. But what's really going on? Could be some fun late night reading. I'll be reading it. Yeah, I'm going to Phoenix tonight, so hopefully, oh, actually this is airing tomorrow. We're doing a little bit of a smarter cadence on the shows. Doesn't have to go out immediately. You keep asking questions, I'll keep answering them.